welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Hi, I'm Rich Irani, and you're listening to Rich in Life. Today, my guest is Crystal Young. She is an Emmy award-winning journalist for a segment on Good Day New York called, Where'd You Get That? I met Crystal a year ago when she came to Chucky's. She interviewed me about fall fashion and how I got started. Today, she shares with me her favorite looks, the worst shoe trend ever, which shoe designer she thinks is crippling women's feet. And no, it wasn't me. I get her to dish the dirt from behind the scenes, which celebrity is annoyed by her very existence. Her view is crystal clear and had me cracking up. Get ready to laugh, learn, and be inspired. Now, can you see me? I can see you with your white shirt and your black jacket on, some designer outfit, I'm sure. Yeah, look who's talking. Look who's talking, gorgeous as usual. How can you look so gorgeous? Tell me. Oh, get at it. Let me tell you. A friend of mine said, Crystal looks the way it would require me to have like three days off to look. <laughs> but I swear to you, I, I never wake up this way. And, and I'm hot and sweaty from the F train, but I have a lot to say. So how are you? I'm good. I just think it's kind of like your thing. You don't really need a lot of uh, thought. I think this all comes so natural to you. You get oh. up, you put the cuff on, you get that Wonder Woman, you get your armor on. And for yes. some reason... You're just always like a ball of sunshine, I will tell you. Well, thank you. Someone asked me not that long ago, if I was a color, what would I be? And I said, I think that I would be orange, and I'm very clear why. Because I feel like I'm always really positive and up, which is yellow and sort of sunny. And I am a little loud, and I could potentially be a lot. So that would be red, but I'm not really red. So when you blend them, you get orange. So there you are. Look at that. You figured that out. You see, I'm too lazy to figure that out. I love that you figured that out. See, we got to hang out more. I mean, we met a few times. So so that you can fill your brain with all this useless stuff. But honestly, this is what I always say about people in TV. We're great at dinner parties because we know a little about a lot, if that makes sense. Like, if you engage me for too long in any one subject, it might all go south. And then I might have to say, you know, excuse me, I need more shrimp cocktail over there. And then I'm out. Right. You know, but but if we can hit it and quit it each subject a couple of minutes, you might actually think I'm brilliant. No, I get it. I get you. You're kind of good at everything to a point. (laughs) I'm out. I know my limits. That's right. When I disappear to get another drink, you know, you know, I'm I'm over talking about fracking. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. All right. Good. I can't wait to do that to you when we go out. So I like to tell people about my guests. We're we're talking to Crystal Young. Mm-hmm. who is really, really lovely. It's just not um, something that you see on TV. It's not fake. It's really real. And um, you're an award-winning journalist. You were the Susan Lucci of kind of journalism. You were nominated a million times, which yes. I still think which I still think is a privilege to be nominated so many times, but you won. So and, you know, everyone says that, but they lie. They lie. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know those people that are like, no, really, it's just such an honor. You know what? It is an honor. But you know what? Sister needs to win. Okay. Right. And let me tell you, let me tell you what I was doing when I won. I was at home with my hair looking a little like Don King. I'm sure he's lovely. Okay. But not a cute look. And um, I had a t-shirt with a stain on it and I had a headache. So I was just laying back on my bed, but not asleep. And someone sent me a little screen grab that says, and the Emmy goes to, and I sat straight up like I was dead, but I was sitting up in a coffin. I was like, what? 
And so I didn't even go because I'd been nominated so many times for so many different things and I lost every time and I wasted like a good outfit and a blowout and look, I didn't even get to go up there and twirl with my dress on. So, so what's the so, trick? The trick is to stay home. The trick is that you treat the Emmys like a man. When you're not checking for them, that's when they come. When you're acting desperate, when you're all dolled up, when you're looking for them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send out the search party. As soon as you put on the t-shirt with the chicken grease stain and you just stay at home, hey, ring, ring, what you doing? It seems you know a lot more than just fashion, <laughs> cooking, and traveling. It seems mm. like you know a lot more. You're very well-rounded, I will say. I mean, I read well, your bio you. and I didn't know all that. Yeah, you're really well-rounded. Like, I'm not. I mean, I was wow. like a fashion person. I'm not. I, I knew fashion. I grew up in fashion and I, I exercise and I'm a runner. But that's it. Cooking. I do love traveling, but I, who gets to travel? I mean, you got to travel because you're an award-winning journalist. Yeah, you That's know what? Great. India, I would say, was my first really big trip. And I remember I had a boyfriend at the time, and I was going to go for a month. And um, someone said to him, you know, like, how can you let your girlfriend go for a month? And I was like, wait, 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 what? Back it up. Wait, what? Let. And I just loved it so much more than he did. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would say, well, why would you go to India? There's so many other places you can go you know, first or more luxurious. But I also thought a billion people live in India. So why would I not want to see the way a billion people live? There's also some places that you need to go with someone from that culture to help you get it. And, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to book India on my own. And a friend of mine said, we both have so much vacation time. You don't go halfway around the world and spend a long weekend. Let's just go for a month. I'll show you India. You will love it. Um, and in the end, I count it as easy top five vacations, wow. um, but number one, life-changing. Really? Now, why yes. was it number one life-changing? Why was it a life-changer? Uh, because I think that you then get so much more perspective on life and people, and you see that people are really all the same, and what separates us aren't the things that we choose. So we're so insistent on judging by the exterior that no one picks, and not just looking at the person. And, you know, I saw mothers bathing their babies in, on the street outside in areas that looked like the water was half mud. But if you talk to one of those women, they still want the same thing that an American mom wants, you know, for their children to prosper, to have more than they had, to have opportunities. It's the same thing. You know, a couple of oceans divide us. We get all caught up on, you know, skin color, eye color, and all that other stuff. And um, I, I think it just brought humanity to like a really sweet base level. Like you are not better than these people or work. Like we're all the same. And it's wait, eye-opening. Here's an interesting story about a woman that was an un untouchable. So my friend, when we stayed in Mumbai, um, had servants, you know, because it really is the haves and the have-nots. So her family, all of them had servants. And I remember she said, gather up all the things that you want washed and the woman will come in and, and grab them, but just put them on your bed. I'm like, okay. So I put everything on the bed and I forgot like a t-shirt, a pair of jeans or something. And when she came in, I tapped her. She was walking out. Oh, wait, one more thing. And so when my hand touched her skin, she started to like hyperventilate. And she was like, oh. and so I ran and I got my bread and I'm like, what did I do? And she said, okay, wait, what did you do? And I'm like, I handed her some Levi's. And so she goes, did you touch her? And I'm like, I, I did. And the, the crazy part about the whole scenario is that the woman thought that she made me dirty because she was an untouchable. 
So wow. she was freaking out because she thought that I'd be upset. You know, I, I just was like, what? Wait, what? See, that breaks my heart. That When you yes. tell me that, I, it breaks my heart. Yes, I completely agree. And it broke my heart. But again, it gave me perspective, you know? And I saw See, because what people... Yeah, I'm sorry. And you saw things. No, I was just going to say, I, I saw things that were so un-American. So up until then, I'd gone to Europe, I'd gone to Mexico, I'd gone to the Caribbean, and just things that your, um, your brain can decipher, Western culture. Um, You've been to never, Israel, Brazil. I mean, I, I read yes. the list. And, and Galapagos, the that was a big one. You know, Galapagos is... Um, uh, a small series of islands that's off of Quito, Ecuador. So most people fly to Ecuador, then you take like a puddle jump to Galapagos, but it's where Darwin hatched his theory of evolution. And, oh, wow. and, and he has like a whole Darwin center there. But when you go, there's so much sort of naturalness around you that you kind of get how someone could say, wait a minute, like maybe everything kind of started like this, but that that's the place with the giant turtles that are like 300 years old and wow. very, very, very interesting. Very sweet. And when yes. you go, do you go always with someone or do you, can you go alone? I mean, you I know, know how close you are with your mom. Yes. Who I, I love her. I mean, we've spoken about her quite a few times. I already love her and I, and I'm going to ask you questions about her, but do you, do you mind traveling alone? Or do you always go that, You know, that is a very interesting question. So I always traveled with someone else. I don't need like a girl pack or 50 people. As a matter of fact, I don't like a lot of people, but it was always not alone. So uh, I want to say maybe in 2012, I said, I got to go someplace alone because I just, I have to treat myself to it, figure it out. So the number one thing I was a little nervous about was um, I wanted to put, pick a place, first of all, that kind of stacked the cards in my favor, you know, where the people are known to be friendly and I felt like I could get around easily. Oddly enough, I wasn't even so worried about speaking English, you know, if they spoke English. I just want people that are like loving and giving and nice and not standoffish. I, I came up with Italy and it was very interesting because I did a little short series of questions to people that I knew, like, have you ever traveled alone? And some people said, what? You've never gone away alone. What are you talking about? Like, you're not really living. Go alone. You'll love it. You know, you don't have to ask anybody else. Do you want to do what I want to do? Meet me back. You just do it or not do it. Right. Um, and then I talked to another friend of mine and she goes, oh, you know, I challenged myself to go away alone one time and, 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 and I walked out on this balcony and then, and, and it was so beautiful and I wanted to look at someone and I, I almost was like, you know, isn't this gorgeous? And then I realized that I was alone. So I was alone. So I was like, wow. Okay. So I just thought, you got this. But I wanted to make sure that I always was smart. You know, I'm like, don't look like the confused, please rip me off, you know, $100 bills sliding out of my purse with the where am I going look on my face. You have to have all your wits about you because there's no one to say, oh, those directions, you know, did that guy say go left, go right? You know, it's like right. you, you are figuring it all out. So well, I'm going to tell you, you're the mm. kind of girl that people would be less inclined to take advantage of you like in that aspect and okay. probably want to take more advantage of you in another aspect. Like oh, well, trying to pick yeah. you up, take you out, which I'm sure you deal with a lot. That must be the hardest part about being alone. You know why? It is because there's no buffer of someone saying, you know, oh, she's with someone else or maybe I shouldn't. And it's funny because, so first of all, the first discovery about my alone travel was that I was never alone. Because people were in my face 
24-7. And it could be, so, so here's an example. A good friend of mine said, when you get to Positano, you must eat at this restaurant. It's right on the beach. You will love it. Like, figure it out. And I had a hotel that was right above walking down to the beach. So my first night there, I take a shower and judge and go down. And as I'm talking, this woman says, oh my God, wait, where are you from? And so I said, New York City. Oh, I'm from Huntington, Long Island. And then so her friend next to her, oh my God, I'm from Oyster Bay. So they just pick up this stuff and like, sit at my table and start talking. And then five minutes later, another guy comes over. I, I heard you speaking perfect English. I'm with my daughter, Jill. Jill, wave. Um, you wanted to know what to eat. And I had one thing that you were thinking about and she had the other. So we're going to give you our review. And I'm like, okay, who are you again? Okay. But I met people everywhere. And one of them, I didn't want, well, I will say I didn't want to meet, but there's this beautiful hotel in Positano. And my friend said, it's a zillion dollars to stay overnight, but you must at least go have lunch or dinner because the view will make you feel like you're in some sort of paradise. So I go with the two women that I met from the night before. And um, there was a tiny little like guy, kind of hobbitish, but he was the manager. And when we were done eating, he wanted to show us around some of the rooms, lovely. So the next morning I go to eat breakfast and when I'm coming back, my hotel says, someone was waiting for you in the lobby for like two hours. And I'm like, waiting for me? I'm like, no one knows me, no one knows I'm here. Like, what are you talking about? So I said, it must be another room. No, 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 you're Crystal. I'm like, yeah. And it was the, the Hobbit man from, I wow. shouldn't, but, but he had just come to the hotel. He, he left a whole little note. I want to take you out for the day and blah, 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 blah and treat you to Yes, dinner. he left you a note. I want to take you out for the day. I want to uh, wrap a rope around your neck, tie you up. There we are. There we are. And you, see, and you, you know what's careful. 1,000%. It's like when people ask for your phone number. And my number one line is, um, you know, if I really want yours, I'll take yours, but I'm not giving you mine. And so the person will always go, well, why not? And so I laugh and say, well, you know, people can be crazy. And so you know what? The number one thing is they say, well, I'm not. I said, well, do you think uh, Ted yeah. Bundy rolled up on anybody well, and said, hi, and said, I'm please, crazy. please get into my car. I'm completely crazy. Like, yeah. you know. You should give the number I used to give. I'll let you use oh, it. 8675309. Oh. Eight, oh. <laughs> Remember the song? Eight six seven five three zero nine. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Did that actually really work? Wait, who sung that song? I don't even remember, but I remember yeah. twenty years ago. I used to give people my number, and that was the number that I give. But sometimes <laughs> when I go, we got sales. I throw a nine one seven. Like I made it so you they couldn't figure it out right away. Yeah, and then I rush the hell out of there. I love that you you customized it a little. You know, I cost yes exactly. Yeah, let me exactly. let me toss a little nine one four on that eight six seven and. <laughs> <laughs> right, by, exactly. By the time you got it all figured out, you know. Right. I could literally so, be over the tap and see. Okay, so I, I want to say that you're really successful and talented. You know, for people that don't know, you started off as an assistant, right? I did, yes. And a production assistant. Uh -huh. And then you wound up writing, producing, and reporting. Yes. And the interesting thing to me was reading that you started, where'd you get that, in front of Bergdorf Goodman, just it was supposed to be kind of one segment. You showed it to them or they saw it and they loved it and they made it part of the show. Yes, absolutely. It's funny. I so remember when I came up with the concept, we were going to get Wendy Williams as our lead in. And we had had a national show on from nine to 10. So they said, okay, we're going to extend Good Day New York. We're going to take over that nine to 10 o'clock hour. But 
we want to come up with ideas that aren't a ton of money to produce. So we were all sitting in a room just kind of like shouting out ideas and most were in the negative percentile in terms of making some sense, right? But there were maybe like four or five people from me and I had like sawdust in my brain that day. So I'm like thinking, oh my God, they can't, they can't get to me. And I'm like, <laughs> could you scare me? Like how stupid will I look, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like thinking, okay, what could you do that's not a lot of money that's easy? And actually I was totally inspired by Bill Cunningham, the photographer. And I thought to myself, maybe we could do some sort of asking people about what they have on, because what do you need? You need nothing. You need a street corner and you need some people. And of course, some of them have to, you know, have on something at least remotely interesting. But I figured if you don't make it about a whole outfit and you can pick one thing that pops, then you're in. And um, I said, well, what will we call it? And I thought about what people always ask me when they like something I have on. And it's like, oh my God, I like your shirt. Where'd you get that? And I'm like, that's it. So I pitched it as an it. idea. Mm -hmm. and, and, and instantly everyone's lo love it. And at the time we had an executive producer that had just come from the Today Show. And she pulled me aside and she said, you are far more fabulous than anybody else in this room. Don't let someone take your idea. I'm gonna get you a camera, figure it out, choose the best editor you want, and we're gonna get a piece and refine it and then show it to the boss and there's no way she can say no. And she was clapping like a seal when she- <laughs> and It was great. And you know, I gotta tell you, it was the first thing I asked you when you walked into the store one of the times. We did a segment together. Actually, we did two, two things together. And I remember one of the times you came into the store and it looked like you were wearing this cashmere cape and camel. Yes. And yes. the first thing I said is, where'd you get it? Is it Chloe? I thought it was yes. a Chloe cashmere coat. And you told me. It's I was eBay for some ridiculously cheap amount. Okay, so you have to tell me how you're able to dress the way you dress. So mm -hmm. chic. You look so beautiful, so put together. And what I love about it is you don't look identifiable to the trend, to the year. You don't look so identifiable, which is what I love, or to a designer. So yes. like there really is a fine line that you can look as good as you look and not look at her and say, oh yeah, she's wearing Dolce & Gabbana or she's this or she's that. Like you yes. really know how to do it. So how do you do it? I guess my question is, how do you do it? Is there a yes. trick? Did you learn? Did you have, did you look up to somebody? Yeah, so there's several tricks. So number one, I think a little of it is in your DNA, honestly. You know, there are some people that say, you know, Agreed. oh, I, I walk into a store and if it's not on the mannequin style just the right way, you know, I have no idea how to uh, put that sweater with anything else unless I get those pants right there. Um, but which that's how we like, built our careers. I mean, that's how, thank God, yeah, we built yes, our careers. Like yes, yes. And you know what? It took a long time before I realized that I had a skill that could even be marketable in that department. It, it was almost like I was more confused by the people that couldn't figure it out. You know what I mean? It's like a mathematician that's like, you can't add that column of numbers? And you're like, no. You know, I'm like, why don't you know what to put with that jacket? Like, how complicated can it be? How do you not know? Um, but my mother had a lot of style and it was totally innate. If I showed you old photos of her, you'd be like, whoa. So I feel like part of it is the DNA, but mostly I'm never a slave to a label. I love a variety of looks. I love high-low. I will wear some Zara with some Gucci Uchi Poochie in a minute. And the, yesterday I Instagrammed that I had on this cute bodysuit sleeveless with cutouts that easily was $15 on eBay, don't even know who made it. I had Land's End, remember them? They have like a bump-up line, okay. So Land's End pants, but wide leg with a cuff with blue seahorses on them, and I had a Gucci belt. So now in theory, none of that really made me sense, but all of it looked Together. really good. Yeah, so for me, I, I think about 
what is the look you're sort of going for? And the number one thing I usually do is I don't pick it out at night because it's, it's based on a feeling that morning. You know, suppose I picked out the ball gown and it's sideways rain, you know, then probably not. No, wait, explain it to me. Wait, wait, back up. So you don't pick it out at night. Why? Um, because I, I need it to be a little bit more spontaneous than that. Oh, I got it. If, okay. if, if there's yeah. something that I really am thinking I want to wear, you know, then maybe it's just locked in my brain, but I don't have to lay things out. Like I get up and I go, you know, I'm in a really good mood. You know, I have a couple of pairs of shoes. I only wear them when I really feel like being bothered because I'm going to get stopped every 20 seconds. I'm like, these are not the people will mind their business shoes. These are like people are going to tap you every 20 seconds. They go, oh my right. God. Okay. Okay. Sometimes so, you just want to lay low. There you go. So if I want to lay low, low. Don't, don't put those shoes on then. You know, but I mean, you know. I, I've got 300 other pair. I could lay so low. I'm six feet under. Okay. Um, number <laughs> two is I usually start with one thing and then build out. So if I'm going to wear a hat, I'll usually start with, from the hat down because I clearly want everything else in between to have the same vibe. Everything else has to fit that mood. You know, if I of have course. a newsboy cap on, you know, I'm probably not going to put on, you know, my pointy YSL pumps. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't so, but You're fit. one of the few people that can get away with it. I'm not a big hat person unless oh. it's for the sun or oh, unless, stop. you know I mean? Unless it has a purpose, but you're one person that I could see that can do it, but you do it as if I'm looking at a vintage photo or so like I can see you doing it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the jeans, flip-flops and the fedora. I don't get, I mean, I, I don't know. Like there's certain well, see, things no, that no. I, you're right, though. Now, I, I, don't, I, I don't get that. I don't get that. But I love people that go, like, I'm not a hat person because there was a hat designer named Eric Javits. And, um, of course I know Eric. And, and, okay. And Eric is lovely. And every time I shoot with him, we laugh about people saying, I'm not a hat person. And I said, if you have a head, you're a hat person. Okay? Right. Now, what hat is different? You know, right. the headless horseman is not a hat person. Okay? You have a head. It's just a matter of finding what's right for you. But see, right. for me, when, when I wear a hat, I commit, you know? And when, when I say I commit, like, like it's not like the, the hat outside. And then when I come in, you know, I, I, I swing my share hair around and take the hat off. Like, right. Right. If, I, right. if I got a hat on, I'm rocking it until the boots come off at the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah. You're the classy one with the hat. You're not going in with the hat and then coming off with it in your hand with your eyelash off, oh. oh, your no, shoes no. in your hands. Oh, no, no. No. And you know what? Speaking of shoes in your hand, and I don't have commuter shoes. I, I, I commit from the time I leave the house. I had on um, brand new, very high heels, Sergio Rossi's this morning, left for a live shot at Saks Fifth Avenue in the shoe department. Now, you know I was loving that. Of course. Uh, yes. It, and it was, it was, it was live, you said. It was live. It, it, it was live, yeah. So we were celebrating Saks Reopen today at 11. And so I got inside before everyone else did to get a look at how they're social distancing, keeping everyone safe. They, they have this funky new infrared thing that runs along the escalators. And, yeah. you know, you put your hand on an escalator. So every, like, revolution back underneath, it sanitizes it and then brings it back oh, clean wow. again. And Amazing. they're spacing you out on escalators. They're really only wanting to use elevators for seniors. But then they have all this contactless shopping. So I said to them, if I do this and I'm live in the 8 o'clock and live in the 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock, I want to be around shoes. And so they said, okay, okay, just don't get the sale racks in the back. And I'm like, no problem. And it was, it was fabulous. I had such a great talk back with Rosanna because this, oh. is how, this is how I think I'm going to leave this planet. 
I think that I'm going to die with a shoe in my hand on the shoe floor at Saks, but, but before you feel sorry for me, so I'm going to pick it up. It'll easily be, you know, a $2,000 shoe. And I'll say, do you have this in an eight and a half? And so the guy will go, hold on. Um, that is 95% off. And oh, wait, I do have it in an eight and a half. And then I can just seize up and then I'm good. And then I'll be clutching the shoe. It'll be something obviously very lovely. And, and they'll say, we don't know what she passed up, but she was, looked happy. She was holding on to that shoe and, and it's good. You know, I believe you're going to have that kind of luck. I believe that's going to be, you're going to have that kind of luck in every aspect of life. Ooh. I want to ask you, I yes. do. I believe in every aspect of life, you're going to have that kind of luck. You're, you're, you're really a lovely person in and out. Um, so now, now talking about socks, what do you think of the whole brick and mortar kind of making a comeback? Do you think it's going to make a comeback? I mean, tell me what you think, or do you think online has just hijacked the women? No, online is trying to, but I feel like it's the same argument as when television came around and people said no one will ever listen to the radio again. You know, when the internet came around, so people said no one will ever watch TV again. So I think that there's a place for all of it. Now, I'm not saying that I have a VCR and an 8-track. You know, sometimes right. there's, just, there's, there's right. just time to move on. But I think there's, there are two very different experiences and you appreciate them in different ways. And nothing is going to beat walking into a store and seeing like a pretty thing that you can touch and hold up and try on. And so I'm all for deal. I'm all for virtual. You know, I can't say I'm not, you know, sitting up at night going, Bing, I want right. those. But, you know, I think it's an apple and an orange. And I think that they both can be in a really delicious fruit salad. I, I agree. And I love that you say that. It's so true. I mean, I'm finding the problem is with designing shoes and having a, a designer shoe store for so many years, the curation is no longer needed. People don't need the curation. People, because of the internet, they know exactly what they want and that's mm -hmm. exactly what they want. So there's less styling involved. So I used to have people come in and say, you know, I'm wearing this dress, I'm wearing a red and white dress. Do I have to wear a white shoe or a red shoe or, you know, and we, I miss all of that. Now they know exactly what they want and they barely look at you when they ask. So I yeah. find that there is too much product out there now. And yeah. I find that, you know, it kind of spoils people and it kind of, you lose your, you know, conversation with them. You lose the intimacy of, Hey, what's up? How are you? Where yeah. are you going? You know, what is this for? Who's going to yeah. be there? Because, yeah. you know, you're like me. We know when we dress people, you want to know what night of the week it is. You want to know what kind of a crowd is going to be there, you know, before you put them in anything crazy. Like, there's a lot of things that you need to know. But it's like not being needed anymore is the worst. Yeah. You know what? I never thought about it like that. But I think you're absolutely right. It's almost like, you know, no matter how beautiful the shoe or the store, or the display, you're like the clearinghouse, you know, to get the product. And they're like, you know, yes, I already know, you know, I'm going to wear my polka dot dress. It's, it's, it's the tan shoe in patent and they pay and then they barely grant you a hello. And you're like, wow, where's that back and forth with, you know, I'm the shoe man, you're coming right. in, you know, let's and get I can give you a better idea. I can give you a better idea. But, you know, they look on the Internet and they have everything around the world, you know, and you kind of can get free shipping. So you already looked at everything around the world. We don't carry everything in the store. We curate things to what we think is relevant yeah. at the yeah. moment at the right price. You know, obviously there are beautiful shoes that are $1,000 that people would love, but we know they're not going to pay $1,000. So we don't buy those things. So we kind of curate for what we think is relevant, which leads me to my next question. I mean, you're dressed so beautiful and I love that. I kind of been dressing also. I, I, I dress, I always try to dress my age. I try to dress appropriate. 
and not the kind that goes to brunch in New York in shorts or mm -hmm. sandals or flip-flops. I get dressed. Where do you think fashion is going? Where do you think it's going? Because here is the thing. 2019 was all about the workout clothes and the gym clothes. Women would walk around. Yes. Yeah. Go home and change. I mean, that's my, that's my Me thing. too. I'm like, where, where are you going? Costco? I mean, to check your right. mail? Right. <laughs> I don't care if it's Lululemon. I don't care how expensive it is or what kind of a bag you're wearing, but okay. And then 2020 seems to be about sweats. And now with this whole pandemic that we've been through and still kind of going through, are people just going to be walking around in pajamas? Where do you see fashion going? And how are me and you going to fight it as warriors? Yeah, I think that there's an ebb and a flow in fashion all the time. And I think it's almost like, um, you know, a balloon that you start to fill with air and then you fill it too much and it bursts and then you sort of get another balloon and you start all over. So I think that athleisure is going to peak. Look, I get athleisure and I get being comfortable. I'm not saying that people are suddenly going to decide that, you know, they need six inch heels all the time and right. I, not that at all. But I think that after doing any one thing for too long, you start to get sick of it. How many people have said, oh, my God, I wanted to uh, attend that Zoom wedding because it gave me a chance to take off sweatpants that I refused to my body, you know, for a month and a half. Right. So I think that we're all going to be OK. I think it's going to peak all this casualness and it's going to have a place. Because I do think moving forward, more people will work from home. You know, no one's going to sit around in, you know, a couture of McQueen or on, on their laptop. Right. But I think that people are going to start going out more. Eventually, we'll start taking the masks off. And I think that's when fashion's really going to come back because people will be so ready to look good and feel right. good. You know, yes, you can wear a sneaker every day of your life. But should you? No, you should not. I agree. I agree with that. I think there needs to be a balance. And I remember when it turned around and I'm going back probably over decades. It was when Britney Spears was photographed in Us Magazine wearing an Ugg boot to go to Starbucks at seven in the morning. She mm -hmm. was wearing Juicy mm -hmm. and sweatpants. And because she was young and popular, that became the thing. And suddenly I started seeing women on Madison Avenue wearing Ugg boots and right. Juicy written across her ass. And I was thinking, oh my God, they don't know in the context in which Britney Spears was wearing it. Like pajamas. Yeah. She yeah. jumped out of her car at seven in the morning, but yet it became the trend. How come people, some people, how can they become such, I guess, followers of, is it, is it because they, they love the, the person that they see wearing it? How, how is it that people just become such followers in fashion? They want to be led. They're, they're looking for someone to tell them what's appropriate and what to look like and what to do. And it's having that mind that you can't quite figure it out for yourself. So you're, you're like a sweet little sheep that anyone can just say, go over there, go over there, go over there. And you're like, oh, 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 okay. You know, well, what, what's that old expression? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. You, right. you know, there's a reason why certain people have a gazillion followers because people want to see other people and emulate them because they feel like, maybe I can get a little piece of that or maybe I can look, you know, I don't know. I can, I can steal that look and, and, and get a couple of more likes myself. Um, right. It's sort of sad. It's a lack of individualism. You know, like I, right. I never, I never pledged when I was in college because I was, I, I never needed to belong to something like that. 
you know? And, and, and people would say, but wait, once you graduate, you know, you have this sisterhood and it lasts forever. And, and, and there are parts of that that I believe, you know? I see people from fraternities and sororities sometimes, and it seems like, oh my God, you've got a brother and a sister. But I'm like, you know what? I got two biological sisters and they drive me crazy enough. I'm good with that. You know, right. and, and I don't want anyone to knock on my dorm door and say, you know, we have to get up and walk someplace at three in the morning when I have an 8 a.m. class. I'm not seeing how that's enriching my life. But I didn't I didn't need that for validation. You know, I'm, I'm cool with who I am, what I'm doing. All good. You could like me or not like me, but I don't have to join in anything in order I to love be that. liked. Right. Now, doesn't that also come with the upbringing? I think that your mom was great because I very similar to you. It's like, I have enough people that I love in my family that drive me crazy. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anyone else expecting me to be the best friend, to pick them up in the middle of the night and drive them home. No, I I can't do it. Right. I've got enough of my family that I need to take care of. I have, I, nobody knew. And this was my attitude from a long time ago from when I was a kid. So we kind of have that same, we get it. We get where our priorities are. We might be very trendy in a lot of things, but we're not trendy in the way we think and the way we're brought up, right? 1,000%. You've nailed it. Not taking any applications for for anything involving foolishness. You know what I mean? I'm like, like at this point in my life, if you are adding to my life in some way, but if you're going to come in, there's going to have to be a clear, you know, check. This is a better thing. This is a good thing. You know, I got no time to go back and forth with anybody that doesn't quite get it. Yeah, you know, but I also think that comes with getting a little bit older. You just start seeing what's important and you realize that if, if you have this one experience, don't waste your time. Don't, don't waste your time with people, with things, with concepts. Even all these people that want to argue political things back and forth on Facebook. I, I'm, read a book. Read a book. You know, I have a girlfriend like that. I'm like, get a life. You, you complain about all these people that say these crazy things and you're right there with them, tit for tat, back and forth. And you could go back and forth until you're blue in the face and you're not convincing anyone. So you can Isn't have your petty? beliefs. You, you, I you can have petty. your beliefs. God bless. But, you know, no, do, do something positive with that time. Yeah. I agree with you. I think, I think people that want to do that on social media, I think it's just being petty and small. I think if you really want to be so good like you claim you are, go out and do something quietly for somebody else. Go very, carry yeah. your neighbor. Do something exactly. quietly. You don't have exactly. to scream on social media. I it's very loser-like. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, it's just sort of like what you're, you're obviously getting something out of this. You know, I, I'd rather go take a nap. You know? Yes, <laughs> Honestly, seriously. I love you. I love do you nap. nap. By the way, you do love I, it. You do nap, right? I do nap, but I don't power nap. I don't understand that concept. Oh. If I lay down for 20 minutes and you tap me, I want to punch you in the face. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I don't even understand that. I'm like, what am I getting that. out of that? I mean, like, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I nap like, you know, like an hour 25 nap. Now that's a, that's a, ooh, okay. I can stay up another couple of hours and, you know, right. be making some sense and not drooling right. on myself. Right. 20 minutes? Right. What, is what is that? Stop. I think you also get a probably more refreshed. You're probably more refreshed and ready to go. Yeah. When you nap, right? Oh, so 1,000%. Now, yeah. So now, okay, I love your look, but you don't have a specific look. No. No. I'm that. like Lady Gaga. You know, one day it's a meat dress, the next day I'm popping out of an egg. Don't pin me down. Love it. Well, <laughs> I love that about you. But not everybody is like that. So I want to ask you, like, in terms of fashion, you know, like I always feel like certain trends need to be skipped. 
Like I have a friend, he's cool, good looking, everything looks good on him. But I mean, we were in Jeffrey's once and they pulled out this huge bulky coat, I guess, like it looked like it was so puffy and round. And I said, where are you going in that? Can't you just yeah. skip a trend? I mean, yes. we live in New York City, you're gonna take off, ha- you're gonna take up half the sidewalk. I mean, really, you know, it's like certain trends- skip. skip a well, trend. That's a show. Skip, Skip a, a trend. trend. People a trend. don't yes, grasp love that concept. It. It's like, do what works for you. And if you don't Skip know what trend. works for you, get some help. Figure it out. Whether, you know, but that's right. I, Whether it's a fashion trend, a political trend, skip a trend. You know what I don't like? I don't like flat forms, like the wedge, you know, there's wedge, a lot of yes. wedge in the front, there's a lot of wedge in the back. It yes. feels a little Herman Monster to me, you know? Yes. I mean, it this is, is and, and I see a million people with them, young, old, I get it. It gives you a little lift. I saw millions. Oh, oh my God. I saw thousands. Oh, Lord, dig a hole to bury all of them. Ah, oh, dig a hole to bury all of them. I. <laughs> I love you. It's so funny, Diggle. Use them for the fireplace. If you have a fire, if you have a fireplace in your home, just throw them in the fireplace. They'll make good wood. There you go. Exactly. And I hope the plastic doesn't crackle as it's on its way out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wait, wait, wait. Don't kick back and asphyxiate me. All right. I want you to be exactly. gone for real. Yeah. No. I hate. So, so, so hence, you will search my zillion pair of shoes. Not one pair of Herman Monsters. Up in the bunch, no, not, not with my crystal. Just, just not with crystal. They're, they're just not me. They're just not me. So, but and that's I love right. it. You're true to who. Great, it's great because you stick to you know what looks good on you. Do you think everybody kind of sticks to what they what looks good on them, or do you think sometimes people sway for fashion and kind of wear sometimes things? Sometimes they that- sway for fashion. Most of the time they sway for fashion. But, right. you know, I, I think the key lies in trying to get to know yourself. You know, I'm all about what makes me feel good when I physically put it on. You know, like, oh my God, this feels like I'm like, I'm gonna have a good day. You know, if I put on something, there can be nothing wrong with it, but it just doesn't feel right, I take it off. But more than anything, I think it's just important to not feel like you have to execute every trend. You know what doesn't look great on me? And I have a few, but not a lot. Um, maxi dresses, people love maxi dresses, but I'm five, two. And so, you know, I have these tall girlfriends and they'll have these cute little flat, you know, capri sandals with a maxi dress and their wind, you know, wind in their hair. And I put it on and I look like I'm looking up out of the top of like a pillowcase, you know, like it, it just, it's, it's not as flattering. So I'm not always trying to have something, you know, cut up to my booty, but, but something above my knee is always going to be a better proportion for me than, you know, to the boot line. But look, so, you know, but you don't like, you know, we'd have customers come in the store and say, no, I don't wear ankle strap. It cuts off the leg. I mean, I don't know if I believe certain things like that. I fashion is I don't. I don't. I think everyone can kind of wear a lot of stuff unless you really have, you know, it doesn't look good. That's one thing. But just to have a nice leg and say, oh, but it cuts the leg. You know, I don't know if I believe things like that. Exactly. And here's the deal. If you have cankles, it doesn't really matter what you wear. The only way to cover them is with a boot or stay at home. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> right? You're so funny. Also, you know, the in quarantine. I mean, well, really, I surgically have them fixed. I don't know what to do for you, but don't blame right. on the ankle strap. That's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> I love you so much. Well, also, the, the part strap. of it. Part of fashion today, as far as I'm concerned, is kind of not looking like you're so fashionable. It's yes. like kind of what you do. You throw stuff on and there's no names. I don't see anything. Just it looks like you just throw stuff on and it looks effortless. And I think that's part of fashion is not looking like you're so fashionable, not exactly. so identifiable. 
I, I agree. When when you when you have that look like you tried too hard, I, like right. how is that ever cool? That's never cool, you know? No, I, I don't, agree I, with I you. Don't, I don't, I don't want to try too hard. And honestly, I find that the things that I don't think so hard about, I'm like, oh my God, you know, there, there's a fleck of brown. Grab it, you know, it'll go with this. People right. are like, oh my God, I like what you did there. And I was like, it wasn't so studied, you know? I, right. I, I, I looked and I was like, you know, there's a navy blue stripe in this dress. You know, maybe those shoes will work. Um, right. I also don't think that anything has to be matchy-matchy, but, but, you know, there are no rules to me. I love that whole monochromatic look where you'll have one color and different shades of it from head to toe. I think it's chic as hell, and it, you can take very reasonable pieces, and if you sort of layer them right, you're like, ooh, you know, is that pie-in-the-sky designer? And it is not. Um, but there are days that I love a contrast. I'll, I'll color block like it's the 80s and not apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little all over the place. And I love- So what advice, mm -hmm, go ahead. so tell me, what advice would you give girls that have a closet full of clothes, complain they have nothing to wear? Uh -huh. I mean, what advice would you give to them in terms of, you know, dressing? I mean, do they have to stick with one look or just what looks good on them? Or should they be experimenting? Tell me what, to, you know, what should girls be doing nowadays? I think with you fashion? should, I think you should experiment. I think it is good to sometimes let people push you out of your comfort zone a little because a lot of times you get out of it and you discover something really good on the other side of it. So I think sometimes you should just back it up and take a risk and, and, and see how you feel in it. But I also think that you should always have one fashionable friend. And if you don't know, then ask somebody to help you out. You know, I had a girlfriend one time that had this Chanel suede jacket and she kept saying to me, I have no idea what to wear it with. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? So Give it I, to you. Yeah, well, you know what? It, if know it, what it, it was the wrong size, but believe me, I, I would have said, you know, I'll work it for you. Um, but she had a dinner party. I went by and I said, let me see that jacket. And within five minutes, I gave her eight outfits. You know, I'm like, wear with a t-shirt and a pair of jeans if you want to do this. Hey, it would look cute with a pencil skirt and a blah, blah, blah. You could just stick a belt over the middle of it. And she was like, wait a minute. Like, you know, you got 50 ways to wear it in five minutes. Right. But look, it, 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 those ideas were not generated by her. They were generated by me. So I'm, I'm her fashionable friend. Call on me. Lean on me. Right. Like the worst thing would have been to give it away because you're just like, well, you know, or sell it. And then uh, you discover that was a bad move. How and many then, people you know, go to you for advice? How many people go to you for you advice? You know what? More than I can count. More than I can count. I but I'm always really happy to give it. And I'm never one of these people that doesn't want to tell you where I got something. I mean, that's just how I am. You know? If people direct message me or on social media, oh, my God, would you get that dress? I'm the first person to say, blah, blah, blah. And there were two left, you know? <laughs> right, right. You give them all the information. Still buy it. You know, here's a link to that top. Um, you know, I don't think fashion is something to um, be selfish about. You know, I, I, I grew up with two sisters and I remember I would always want different things from my sisters, you know, so my sister Kim could not get, you know, the same shirt I got. And I remember mm -hmm. my mom saying, well, now that shirt came from the Gap, right? So I said, well, yeah. So she goes, well, then I'm thinking that other people have access to that shirt, too, right? Like, it right. wasn't made just right. for You're you. Not yes. So she right. goes, okay, well, then what does it matter if right. half the world is going to have the shirt, if your sister's right. one of the people in the world that has the shirt? You're not going to the same place with the shirt on. Relax mm -hmm. yourself. 
you know? Right. See, it's um, so funny, women are different than men. Like I started wearing the short pants from such a long time ago in the very slim jackets and you know, everything looked like it was a size smaller. And little by little, I got Brad to dress that way. I got my brother, my two <laughs> nephews, and we would all go to a family thing and we'd all be with the ankles showing. And I loved it. And somebody's like, hey, Rich, they're jacking your style. I'm like, everyone should dress like this. When yes. I like a look, everybody, I would love yes. it. Fitted blazer, short pants, I'm fine with that. I don't mind. But I think women are a little bit more, you know, they, they want to like be the only one. I, I completely agree. And I'm completely, completely over that. You know, I had this $49 top from Zara and I walked into work about two months ago and Rosanna goes, oh my God, I have that top. So right off the bat, I'm laughing, you know, Rosanna's the morning anchor because I'm thinking, you know, why are you shopping at Zara? Leave that for the people that can barely afford anything because I know you have, you know, a ton to devote to this. Well, a week and a half later, the entertainment girl in the morning got the same top. So, but not Rosanna. Rosanna didn't. No, Rosanna had the same top I had. Oh, she did. Bianca Rosanna Peters. shopping in Zara it, these days? Yes, yes. She is. Okay, for people that don't her. know who Rosanna is, Rosanna Scotto, who's been yes. a customer of Chucky's forever, who I love. Yes. I saw her when I was in Miami at the W. She was so cute, sat with us and the kids. We had a great conversation. And that's who you're talking about. And I know yes. she loves you, Rosanna, because we yes. discussed you too, and she really adores you. So since when is Rosanna wearing um, Zara? I don't know. Since, my store since and like, top designers. Thank you. Since since weeks ago. Good. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Because of you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really funny. She would compliment a lot of things I'd have on in the studio. And a lot of times I'd say, oh, it was Zara. It was Zara. And I don't know when the worm turned, but she has started shopping at Zara. And you know what? I love that we can all work at the same station, all on the morning show, all have the same top, and I'm fine with it. You work it your way, I'll work it my way. As a matter of fact, that day, I said, why don't we all take our photo and we'll have Bianca do a little thing we'll put on Instagram, you know, one top three ways. And so as opposed to running from the concept, we ran toward it, you know? We're like, we all have the same top, it was 50 bucks, it looks cute slash different on all of us, no one's taking their top back, so you might as well just celebrate it and acknowledge it and move on. And that's great advice to give everybody. When yeah. people say they don't want to shop in Zara because, you know, everybody has it. Everyone has everything. Everyone exactly. has uh, the gold uh, Rolex. Everyone has a Range Rover. Are you not going to buy those things? I mean, everyone has everything. Yeah. I mean, unless you're a fashion designer, you'd be waiting a long time to only have a one of a kind. Or you might have to just wrap a towel around you and just, you know, walk around barefoot. I mean, right. we're at, I don't Stop know if it. one of a kind is so important anymore. And talking it's not. about designers, it's not. And I want to talk about designers. Who's your favorite? Have you had a favorite clothing or shoe designer? I mean, I know you like vintage as I love vintage. I used to go to the vintage stores and buy those big, um, you know, polo shirts with the collars and the one stripe. And then I found out that Dolce & Gabbana's team that helped them design used to go buy bags of them. So I had to go before they did because that's what Dolce & Gabbana was copying back at the time. Those yeah. polos with the big collar and the stripe. So I remember it was just a great experience. So any designers that you love? Yes. So there's a couple. Um, I love, love, love Charlotte Olympia shoes. I love the high heels. I love everything about them. I am not interested in her flats. When I see a pair of flats, you know, like if I'm looking online, I'm scrolling past my fingers like... Burr! Like, right. okay, it just, <laughs> just which way I mean to do that? Yeah. Like, right up, okay, not interested, okay, yeah, okay, it, it's, it's gotta be a heel, but I just love the look of them, so I feel like I kind of almost never met a Charlotte Olympia that I didn't love. They um, are beautiful shoes, they're works absolutely. of art. 
Absolutely. You know, I love a good Louboutin, but here's the deal. They are not comfortable, and I'm going to need Christian to hear this and to rectify it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. And every woman that I know that has worn his shoes says the same exact thing. So I ask you, do I have to lose all the feeling in my baby toe in order for me to be chic? You know? Okay. So Sometimes here's the I thing. wake up and I don't want to do it. Okay. So here's the thing. Yeah. I've had women come into my store, um, buy shoes, buy yeah. shoes, and put their brand new Louboutins in the garbage in my store. And I'd be like, take them with you. They'd say, I don't even want to see them oh. in my closet. You know, and I do say this with love, but seriously, they're beautiful shoes, but they do not feel good. They don't feel good. So, okay. So Christian Louboutin did more than destroy women's feet. Oh, You know okay. what else he did? Okay, what? should I give you a little bit of dirt here? Oh, come on. We were selling shoes to Madonna, Britney Spears. Um, I mean, everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Renee Zellweger wrote me a personal letter. Cindy Crawford. She didn't write me a, a personal letter, but she came. Jennifer Lopez came to the store. We had all these people shopping in Chucky's for so long until Christian Louboutin start, started sending boxes of his shoes to the Kim Kardashian show. Oh. You know, because his shoes were so identifiable with the red oh, sole that course. he started, and he was, which was a brilliant move. I'm not, you know, I mean, it was a brilliant Perfect move. marketing, genius, genius brilliant. marketing. He sent, so four gorgeous girls wearing red soles. Everybody knew who the shoes were. The girls got the shoes for free. And suddenly from then on, not, nobody, no celebrity ever wanted to pay for a shoe again. Wow. So, yeah. So that's, uh, we went from having these people come into the store and they were so lovely and being able to like have a connection with them and talk to them. And we went from that aspect to suddenly everybody wanting shoes for free. Yeah. Well, and, and isn't it that crazy dichotomy of the people that can afford, you know, to be centipedes want something for free? It's, it's a turnoff. So, it, it's such a turnoff. It really is. But you know what? It's genius marketing in that these people give away something at cost and look at what publicity they get out of it, you know? And, and, and once and you start that wheel, then where does it stop? You know? I know. And, you know, I've had to succumb to it, designing my own shoes. I've had to actually succumb to that. You know, I limit myself to a certain amount of pairs that I will lend out. And then the certain amount of pairs that I will give out, you know, depending on who it is and what it's for. And I've had to succumb to that. And, um, you know, it's, well, you know, you, you have to have limitations or you'll go broke. I mean, right, stop. Exactly. you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. Exactly. You, you, you have to put a cap on it because you're still in the business of attempting to make a profit and, you know, needing to feed yourself and, you know, shoes don't grow on trees. Right. And, you know, they're, they're expensive, beautiful works of art and people just want something for nothing. But that's yeah, when exactly. you've got to clamp down on it, Rich. Girl, I'm, plan I'm learning. That's Thank right. God for Freddie. You know Freddie. Freddie, yes. my nephew in the store. Thank God for him. He clamps down. He tells his mother, hey, pay up. There you go. Exactly. You got it. Or hobble out or wrap some rags around your feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was the best advice your mom gave you? Because I know she gave you, you know, quite a bit of advice. Tons. Yes. Okay. So fashion advice or life advice? Actually, you know what? I want all of it. First, give me life advice. Okay. Um, so life advice was, she always had this expression, people will do what they want to do. Okay. And it sounds so simple and so basic, but essentially she said, when, when, when you're saying yes or no to something, think about what you really want to do. And sometimes it's okay to choose you. 
And I think she would say that because I always was one of those people that wanted to please so much that I was so quick with the yeses. And then I felt bogged down that I had to do what I say I was going to do. And, you know, I, I, I remember one time I triple booked on like a Friday night. And so my mother said, okay, first of all, you're not Beyonce, but second of all, this is what happens. You spread yourself so thin so that you go to one thing and then you leave early because you have something else to go to. And then you get to the second thing late. And then those people are like, oh, nice of you to show up. Or you just walked in. And so in the end of all of that running around, you're not pleasing yourself. So back it up sometimes and say, it's okay for me to just do what I would like to do. Because you know what? In life, people will tell you in a heartbeat when something isn't working for them and they're not apologizing one little bit. You know, somebody was, oh, I am so sorry. I am busy that evening, but you have a great time. And before you know it, you got a big fat no and you're looking at the back of their head walking off into the sunset. So right. why are you stretching yourself so thin trying to say yes to everything? To everything. Every time that you choose smart. something that you don't really want to do, you say no to yourself. So how's yeah. that? That's great advice and I like it. And I'm actually going to use it for myself because I don't like saying no. I'm yeah. always saying yes to people yeah. that will mm -hmm. go out, we'll do this. And then at the end, it's, I have to juggle so much. So that's great advice. What about fashion advice? So fashion all? advice. Um, her biggest piece of fashion advice is know what works for you and dress for you. Don't ever dress for a man. Don't dress for anyone else. If it feels good and it feels right to you and nothing's hanging out and you're not going to get arrested for indecent exposure, roll with it. And so whether that goes from mixing prints and doing it boldly or having pants that are cropped and you can see your ankle, if it's working for you and you feel good in it, work it. And then I think you don't have to think so hard about trends because you can take the trends and then cherry pick the ones that work for you. You know, you're not stuck in, this is the look, and if I don't have the look, you know, I'm not cool. Like, I've loved capes since I was five. And so I had many, many, winter, summer, I just got a super cool vintage crochet cape that looks like oh, your so granny chic, yeah. it. Uh, and, 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 and with the armhole, fabulous. So, you know, I'm not caught up on a designer. I know what works for me and I exercise it often and I dress to make myself feel good. And it's great when other people love it, but ultimately I'm smiling at the reflection I see. Good. And your mom gave you another good piece of advice, which, which I actually used to tell my mom. What uh -huh. your mom told you, I told my mom. You have oh, to get rid of... You have to get rid of some pieces in your closet, get rid of stuff so you can make room for new things. Let things come in. Absolutely. I, I think when you have too much stuff and you're so blocked, you know, there's that old expression, blocking your blessings. But when, when you have too much, even if something is good, you can't hear the knock on the door. You know, you can't work your way through the sea of it to open the door. So sometimes you need to just lighten up and throw out. You know, it's funny. I, I'm very in the middle of my two sisters while well, I'm the middle child, period. But, right. you know, one of them wants to keep everything all the time, even when she doesn't need it. And the other one is one of those that she'll come through like, you know, are you done with that newspaper? To throw it out. You know what I mean? Like, she wants to lift <laughs> you up and That's dust me. underneath your I'm butt. Your young, I'm your younger sister, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. No, she is like clean. She came into my bathroom. She's like, you have too many products. And so I was like, what? She's like, you have to put those on a program. What do you need five shampoos for? Use them up. 
and and so I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, but I'm I'm okay with being somewhere in the middle because I'm I'm all about moderation. But my youngest sister Tracy taught me that sometimes you can throw things out and just enjoy that it's an empty space. You know, she had come by one time for a little dinner party and she was like, wait a minute, there used to be something sitting right there, you know, and she's pointing to the floor. And so I said, oh yeah, it was like that little crusty pot I got or whatever. And she goes, oh, so what'd you do with it? So I said, oh, I just threw it out. I got tired of it. She goes, oh, you know what you should put there? And I was like, what? And she said, nothing. (laughs) I I agree with her. I was like, I was like, really? She's like, seriously, you have enough stuff. It's great. It's, it's a corner. You can see a corner. There's no crime. Roll with it. So I, I, you know, I, I constantly am like looking at even my physical surroundings going, do you need that? Could you like not? Could you switch it up? You know what else I my mom um, me. told me super quick? Not to be so afraid of change. And, 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 and I feel that sometimes I am. But it's, it's that fear of not knowing what's on the other side and not having that all figured out. So you stay in that place that feels so comfortable. And then uh-huh. nine times out of 10, when you get out of your comfort zone, you're kicking yourself that you didn't do it sooner. So, you know, a lot of times I try to just roll with it and say, okay, I don't know what's behind door number three, but life is short. So just open Are you working on it? Are you working on, are you working on it? Because I am very similar to you in that way. I, I like, I'm very comfortable and I like staying in my, my lane kind of, but you're working on it. I am working on it. it. It is a struggle. I remember a few years ago doing an interview with Barbara Corcoran and I said, you know, any last words? And she said, people never understand this, but I love change. I love it. And so I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, because I'm Barbara Corcoran and I, I have done real estate, even though I'm not actively doing it now, I really can live anywhere I want. But I love to move every couple of years because I like to mix it up. So I'll have a beautiful apartment on Park Avenue and then I'll think, I want to live in the West Village or I want to just switch it up or, you know, I want to live on the, the, you know, extreme east side. I'm always for a different experience. I'm happy to let go of what I had and just welcome something that's new and different. And I I just love that way of thinking, like, who says I love change? You know, most people, you're like prying their fingers off the ball, like it's going to be okay. And she's celebrating it. So, yeah. you know, I, I, that really resonated with me. And sometimes- and Any other interviewers that you got stuff from that you really love? Like, who else did you interview? Who was a hard interview? Was there anyone? Yeah, I want to know who was the hard one? Who was the good one? Give me some names. Drop some names here. Give me some Oh, stuff. yes. Okay, I can drop many. Um, so one of the most fun ever was Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Like, ever, ever. I, I wanted to- I wanted to pay him like a, like a fee, you know, for making me okay. laugh afterwards. He was on it. He was funny, but in that way that he just had star quality and he wasn't trying too hard. It was naturally who he was. And um, he made me laugh. It was funny. We tried on sunglasses. He is a partner in this eyeglass company called Preve Reveau. And they had a big um, sort of almost inside thing at a store on 42nd Street and the Grammys was uh, in town and he had come in town for the Grammys. And that's when I interviewed him and he just was fun, funny. When we were done, I just had the biggest smile on my face. So I would say he's easily top five phenomenal. Denzel Washington, very interesting. I remember interviewing him on a red carpet and 
At the time, I wasn't on the air. And someone, and so they sent me to get these questions from him that had to go into a piece. So they were like specific questions, you know, I had to ask. And when I got to one question, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, this question makes no sense, but I'm asking it, but I was asked to ask it, but it makes no sense. And like, I, like he's looking at me, you know, how dogs will like cock their head to the side, like, what are you talking about? And so he said, well, I have no idea what you were talking about, but you know what? You look beautiful saying it. And just as he him. said it, his wife <laughs> slapped him on the back and she was like, come on, we have to go. <laughs> and we both burst out laughing and that was the end of it. And actually he tried to answer the question, even though it really didn't make any sense. And then he was all good. Let's see. I love, love, love Alicia Keys. Very real. Very real. Very, very genuine. Very what you see is what you get. When she had the whole move to, you know, almost wear no makeup and go natural, I really believe that that's her. You know, like I don't think she's such a frou-frou, everyone needs to know my name kind of person. Just a real easygoing, kind-hearted, um, lovely, lovely girl. You Who's know the hard else? one? Who's the hard one? Well, yeah. Spike Lee cursed me out. <laughs> mm. Why? I know. See, I want to know this. Tell me why he was yes, my, I, he's I, my neighbor I, in New York. Yeah, oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Um, and it's very funny because he came to um, he, he came to do our morning show not that long ago. And for years after all of this happened, I just thought like, you know, I'm a member of the media, but he's surely not going to remember that, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I'm going to ask him if I can take a photo with him after he's done on the set. And clearly he will either remember me or not. And he did not. And it was all good, oh, well, you know, because it good. wasn't a memory that I wanted him to say, oh, wait a minute, weren't no. you? Um, He's been a neighbor for a very long time of mine, and um, his wife is lovely. I see her his at the gym. His wife is lovely. Yes. Lovely, 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 yet I don't know why he just seems annoyed just at my very presence on the earth. I mean, I'm probably wrong. I, I'm probably wrong. It's probably my imagination, but, you know, I'm like you. You know, I'm kind of like friendly, always ready to smile, but, you know, so I just get a vibe. But um, and you I know could what? totally be wrong. I was just going to say, I'm a big vibe energy person. And, you know, I do believe that you get back what you send out, you know, in terms of good vibes. But clearly, you can feel sort of negative energy or just flat energy, for sure. Um, you know, and it does always make you think, well, now I don't know you, so you can't really be taking it personal. You know, it's weird. It almost makes you want to check yourself. Um, but this well, you know, what's this weird is that you see the same people all the time. When you live right next door to them, I saw them more than I saw my own family. You know, right. I see them almost every day or 10 times a week, twice, you know. So it's like at some point, you just, no matter who it is, you're just like, hey, what's up? You know, you smile, oh, whatever. Normal. That's being neighborly at, at like baseline, exactly. you know? It, right. It's like, hey, how are you? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't have to come for tea and crumpets. We don't have to be BFFs. Right. But, you know, you, you could crack a smile and have a little energy like, oh, hey, but essentially, his dad, and this is going back, had been arrested. And it was, a, it was a completely negative story. It wasn't good. Now, he had invited members of the press. It's something that we had RSVP'd for like a week previous. He was going to start 40 Acres and a Mule Music Works. So he wanted to dabble into music a little and expand his empire. And um, do you remember the old group, I Know You Will, Chic? No. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, okay. They did the song La Freak and... The, yes, 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 the Studio 54 days. Yes, of Exactly, course. okay. So one of the female members of Chic was going to go solo and he was going to sort of, you know, be at the helm of that. She was going to be on his new label. So they invited the press to come do interviews about that. 
So just as I'm leaving, my boss says, oh, this, this story came up about Spike Lee's dad, you know, aren't you going to interview him? And I said, yes, but obviously, you know, not about anything like that. So he goes, um, well, you need to just ask, ask a question about this, right? So now clearly I know that this is not a positive thing, you know, and that you are not going to, you know, feel warm and fuzzy about this question. But I also know that, and, and I knew that I wasn't going to bring this up in the beginning. You know, that would have been completely crazy for me to lead with it. And, you know, then he's upset. So we did everything we had to do. And I said, you know, and I tried to segue into it. And just as I asked the question, he looked at me and was like, how could you ask me something like that? And I knew that it wouldn't be a popular question, but I didn't think he'd react like that. And he really got upset. And then my camera guy was like, wait a minute, you know, that the, you shouldn't act like that. Don't get in her face like that. And I just said to him, you know what? This is how you should have handled that. You should have just said, I have no comment. And that is perfectly acceptable in the world of television. People get asked things all the time they don't want to talk about. They either don't talk about it or just say, I'm not going to comment on that. And that comment is enough of, of a comment and we all move on. But I have a job to do and you have a job to do. And, you know, you want people to patronize your movies and that, you know, makes your star rise higher and you have a job to do. You make those movies to put them out there. Well, I have a job to do too. And sometimes it causes me to do unpopular things that on a personal level, I would never do. But I'm also being paid to be a journalist. And sometimes that uncomfortableness goes along with it. And all you had to do was not scream and yell, but say, I have no comment. And do you know, he eventually calmed down and backed up. And about a week later, I got a letter from his publicist apologizing, saying, you know, he really blew his cool and he regrets it and so sorry. And it was just a very sweet letter that said, you know, hope there's no hard feelings. And I just made it a point not to interview him. <laughs> again, Crystal, you're a lady. You're a classy broad. That's what I oh, like about you. You're a classy you. broad. And I know with the cooking, I mean, and I know with the traveling and the journalism, you're a busy girl. So I want to ask you about boys. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Boyfriends, any boys in your life? Oh, anyone? no, no. And, and I want one. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Again, you must be adding value. You have yes. to, or, 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 or you got to go away because I got no time for foolishness. And here's another thing. I, I, you know, I like a combination of good looks, but you can't just stand in the corner and be cute. You know, you got to be about something. You, 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 you have to have read something. You have to have a little life experience where you bring something to the table. You know, as much as I like to talk, I never enjoy being the smartest person in the room. I, I, I want to learn and expand and grow. I want someone to tell me something I don't know that I then might have to look up later. You know, I, I don't want to be the one that's always talk, 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 like I'm dropping knowledge. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need a follow So how is this? Okay, so mm -hmm. how is this? I'm going to be the person to tell you something that uh -huh. you're going to have to do, and I'll, for the one time, be smarter for one second. Okay. Give men a chance. Give people a chance. I think I, I, I think this is the thing is that you're Crystal Young from Fox 5, award-winning journalist. It's not going to be easy. Not everyone's going to be coming to you maybe for the right reason. But the advice that I do want to give to you, if 
you are my sister and someone I love who I actually do love is go out, try them out, go out, try, try going out with these men, you know, find something that you can, that you might be attracted to. Okay. Wait, you, you answer this question because I do believe that, you know, Prince Charming is not going to find me in my apartment in Queens and Correct. knock on the door, you know, when I'm not looking bananas right. and say, Hey, let's go out sometimes. You know, no, no one's looking for you. You, you got to come out. I got gotcha. you. Yes. Well, where, where am I going? Where am I going? Am I, am I, am I standing on the boulevard? Am I going to the cigar bar? Am, no, you're not. You're going to do it the modern way these days, unfortunately, which is online for somebody like you. It's a little more difficult because you are somebody who is known mm -hmm. and it would be online. You'd probably be meeting someone online. If someone, if you don't have anybody to introduce you, you know, I would love to introduce you to somebody, but I have to do some thinking. I have to really do thinking because, you know, if it comes from me, it can't be just anybody. But if you were to help yourself, you would have to do it the modern way and the way we do it in 2020 and get online and start talking to people. And remember that a lot of men are going to be nervous in the beginning. They're going to say stupid shit. I mean, they are. Why? 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 I'm a chick from Queens. What's making you nervous? I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you what makes you nervous. I, I mean, you're well, smart, I'm, I'm, I'm not you're pretty, guy. and you're There's successful. No you're smart. Okay. Well, let me, what, should I get some zits? What? What? No. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Let's take away the smart. Let's take away all of that. You have mm -hmm. boobs. If a guy is straight, he's still going to be nervous. Guys are usually nervous. They're generally nervous. I know they, guys are not like women. Women can carry babies, nurse them, the breast milk, do everything, carry them on the back. They freaking do everything. Men are really the babies. So you have to baby them. And I'm a man. I'm the same way. They're okay. babies, so it wouldn't even matter. Just add, add to the fact that you're smart, successful, and pretty. Add that to the fact, because if you weren't any of those things and a man was attracted to you, they're still going to feel a little bit. As, you know when it's working well? If they're a little bit nervous, that means they're attracted to you. Okay. They, so that's a, good, it's a little bit of a good sign. So you might walk away and roll your eyes on the first date. Give him a second date. Give him a second date. You never know. You really never know. You can't go by the first date. Okay. You know, I, I sound like a really tough cookie. It's just that um, yeah, I, I, I want someone that I feel is sort of worthwhile. You know what I mean? It, like, you don't like, sound like a like, tough like, cookie. Like, you like, sound like, like a real Life person. is busy. I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm a talker. I'm, I'm, I'm fine for someone that's a talker too or a little bit more quiet. But just do or be something interesting. You know what I mean? I, I, do. I, I, I want you to bring a little something to the equation. And I actually like a man that's decisive. You know, I once almost wanted to break up with a boyfriend because everything was like, I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? It's like, could, could you have an opinion of any sort, even if it's the craziest ever? You know, or even if I'm going to go like, that's the worst opinion ever. But have one. Have one. Just get one. And never, never had an opinion. Everything was up to me. Finally, I was like, oh, my God, he would talk to me. I would just be looking at my watch. Uh, are we done? So, okay, Jamie Foxx, Denzel Washington. I mean, can't you elbow them and say, do you know anybody for me? Well, you know, it's very interesting. I, I suppose I suppose I could. I suppose okay. I could. But, you Am know, I, but I also can't come, off, I can't come off crazy and desperate, too. You know what I mean? No, like, you, I, I like, agree. Like, 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 like that, that, is, that is never a cute look. That's never ever. No, ever but when Denzel you know? Washington compliments you and tell you you look pretty doing it, even on camera you could make a cute comment like, "Good, let any of your cute friends know." You know what I mean? Just yes, something okay, like that. okay, Just something like that. Cute, you know. It's uh, 
listen, you never want to come off as being desperate. But yes. listen, I know your personality. You're going to be very charming in whatever you say and how you say it. Oh I my. think. Thank I you. I think. I think you're thank very you, charming you. in what you say. So, um, you know who's lovely words? too? Two, two more me. quick people. Um, Liza Minnelli, fabulous. I, I, I always love that sometimes the biggest stars have the smallest entourage. You know, when, 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 when people come to be interviewed and there's 15, 20 people in this scenario, they're a reality star. You know, yep. when Will Smith came, uh, maximum two people, you know, like biggest star that's ever. Surprising. Anyway, yeah. he's, he's, he's another one that's really good. But let me tell you, they, they were not messing around with security. They had security people that swept Did like they? he was a president. I'm not, oh, no exaggeration. Really? I mean, it was like he had advancement. You're saying with Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. Not Liza Minnelli, because I used to see her. She lived near no. me, too, and shopped in my store. No. She was very down to earth. She was Liza great. Minnelli, no. Liza Minnelli actually had a broken something, an ankle or something yes. going on with the ankle yes. or a leg. Okay. Um, and she had one person, and she said, I might have come alone, but they really have to help me. And she really was almost on, like, a crutch, you know? But basic, simple, no airs, easy. No. You know who I she loved was. who passed? I love Joan Rivers. I love Joan I know, Rivers. me too. I Another one. I know, I mean, me too. I, we get it. Those were the good old days of New York. Joan Rivers, Andy Warhol, Francesco Scavullo. I mean, those were the freaking days, man. Yeah, yeah. I used to see them congregate in front of Chucky's talking to each other. And I just really? wanted to run out and be like, guys, what's going on? You know? Real, I never met Warhol. I, I wish I had. Like something about him is so like he's an enigma to me. But you know, just in 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 social circles, nothing. Never never met him. And um, I've seen him at the B bar. I've seen him on Third Avenue walking his dog every day. But I never really got a chance to speak to him. But um, I did speak to Francesco Scavullo, even though he wasn't a man of many words. Scavullo, you know, was the uh, photographer oh, yes, for I, Cosmo. For I do. You know, it's yeah. funny. I met him on Third Avenue, right by Bloomingdale's in that little Italian restaurant called Isle of Capri. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course I do. They're still there. Yes, it's still there on the corner. I had a girlfriend of mine that wound up being in that movie, Coming to America, and she had won a Ford modeling contest. Wow. And part of the, the winnings was that her first photo shoot was with Scavulo. And, wow. he, and she was a, a girl from Queens. We went to high school together. And um, she had to meet him there for lunch. And she asked me to come too. And I just remember meeting him. And he had his little cap on. His and cap. Always with his cap. He always with never his cap, right? His cap. And, and he, he was, talk? He's not a man of many words. Not a lot. I, you know, it was so funny. I, I almost felt like he was watching us entertain ourselves talking. You know what I mean? That sounds yeah. about right. It's like, you know, he, he stepped in every now and then. Um, but he was a little on the quiet side. And of course, you know, we needed no, you know, no, no pushing in the talk direction. Um, right. but, but he was lovely. He was lovely. He was quiet. We used, to, we used to lend them shoes for some of the celebrities there. And every once in a while, they'd let me come in and watch. And it was just so amazing to see him work. And his partner, Sean, who used to come borrow the shoes, would let me kind of sneak in. And they were just so lovely. It really was the good old days. It's when things were appreciated. It's when yeah. designers were appreciated, when stylists and salespeople and brick and mortar stores were appreciated. People would come in and say hello and, you know, just to say hello, not even yeah. to shop and say, I'll be in next week. I mean, there was such an appreciation for the art, for the designer. I do find that now there's just an abundance of everything. And I feel like yeah. it dilutes. It just dilutes fashion. It dilutes the merchandise. 
I agree. I agree. And and a lot of it really is fast fashion, you know, as as much as I love a high low moment, you're absolutely right. You 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 literally have things knocked off these days where you have to get right up on them to go, "Oh, wait a minute, that isn't Masoni or, you know, that isn't Gucci." And so in in the end, it kind of waters it all down. But I I'm never so concerned with that because I feel like I, I, I don't care about a label. You know, I'm creating a look. And so if, whether it's vintage with H&M, with Gucci, if, if it's all flown into the look, I'm good. You know, and, and I would very... love to have everything upper crust, but it's not my reality. And, um, and I also want to spend money enjoying life. You know, as many pairs of shoes as I have and as much as I love clothes, I will still have perspective on life and people. And, you know, that's not going to supersede human contact. Right. You're very true to yourself, not just fashion wise, but you're just very true to yourself. You, you know how you want to be presented. You know the way you want to look. And I love that because, you know, in a way, I'm very similar to you. Um, that being said, I want to know where do you see yourself in five years from now? Wow. Um, and well, you don't have to, I want you to really let it rip. Tell me whatever it is. Okay. So let's see. I think in five years, I'm probably going to be hooked up with a man. I don't know necessarily married. You know, I'm not one of those people that I have to have a piece of paper. I just have to have someone that's about someone, you know, that I feel good about and vice versa. Um, but I feel, this is crazy, Rich, that you asked me this, that I'm on the cusp of something kind of big happening in my life. And I can't pin down what it is. I just feel that it's coming. And I can tell you that every time I felt this way, something has happened. But I think that I'm going to have my own show. And I think that that show is going to be a blend of really cool people, food, and fashion. Divine. That is what I'm manifesting for myself. And I've been in TV long enough to know enough people to figure out how to make it happen. You know, there's something called a sizzle reel that you put together and it's basically like, here's a little snippet of me, you know? And it's funny, for anyone that ever puts together a sizzle reel, people will tell you they know within 30 seconds whether or not this is someone that they would want to see 30 seconds more of, you know? It, no one's looking at reels and reels of anything these days. You send a link, if I like you, I like you in 30 to 45 seconds, and if I don't, in less than a minute, I'm, I'm moving on. Um, but I, I think that I have more to give. And I think that there will be a platform for me to give it in. Because I'm one of those people. I saw an interview with Jay-Z. And he did it a couple of years ago with a guy from the New York Times. But he was saying, you know, the greatest tragedy in life is when you have potential and you don't live up to it. And you don't fulfill it. And you don't do what you need to do. When it, and you, if I could have, would have, should have. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be 95 and crapping into it depends and going, look, if there's a long list of stuff, I just never got to, you know? So you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure Good. it out. Yeah. And I'm going to be I, your biggest fan. Thank you. I, already I, I, I think a big theme in all of this is that sometimes you have to do a few things before the thing that really works sticks. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, clearly I am not an overnight success. You know, I, I take my time. I'm low and slow. I'm like, somebody put me in the slow cooker, you know? But um, you're steady. You're slow and steady, which is what's great. You're slow and steady and you're a ball of knowledge. Oh, really thank are. you. Thank you, you're Rich. We, well. I, we, we, we connected instantly. I really do have to say. And, I know. And the when I say first that, 
Yeah, tell me. Very I was going to say the very first thing I thought about you was that you'd make a really good sound bite on camera because you got it. And, and every now and then you'll meet people and, and you'll say, okay, they got it, but I'm going to need them to keep it when the camera starts rolling. You know what I mean? Because they right. got it, but they got it when it's just an interpersonal thing and, and the bigger right. realm sort of throws them off a little. But you had it like in the dark with the dark shades on. It, 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 well, thank you, you. Everything you said was just flowing. And then it went beyond just the shoes. And I saw a little bit of the person. And I thought, this Rich. We have to figure out like, you know, more of him in TV because your energy is just as dynamic. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Crystal, this has been the most fun I've had. I think in months, Aww. I love talking to you. And I really can't wait. We said this when you came in, I think a couple of months ago, right? When this whole nonsense started with the pandemic is we hugged and I was like, we don't care. We're hugging. Right, and, and, and we're still fine. You never got it, right? No, of course not. No. Okay. No. Just double checking. All right. Cause no Corona over fine. here, honey. There no, you go. Everything's fine. And um, I can't wait to see you again so we can hug, go out and really share a drink and we can get a little bit more personal about the future. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's, it's all good. I, I can dish it. I can take it. You can ask me anything. That's sort of how I roll. So I would and love same that. Same thing for me. I would love that. Great. Great talking to you. And thank you for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime, love. Thank you for listening to Rich in Life. Be sure to catch my next episode with New York Times bestselling author, Christy Whitman. She's a highly sought after life coach who talks about the art of having it all and breaking patterns that cause fear, anxiety, and worry. And as someone who deals with anxiety and worry, as I'm sure most of you know if you've listened to my podcast, I really put her through the test. I really got a lot out of my interview with her and so will you. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.